If I asked you right now to list all of the subscriptions you pay for, would you be able to? I really thought my answer to that question would be a resounding yes. But with the help of Rocket Money, I was able to find some sneaky ones I must have forgotten to cancel before the free trial ran out. Between streaming platforms, apps, delivery services, and even parenting slash kids subscriptions, though they all seem like really small amounts, when pulled together, that's a pretty big chunk of your spending money out the door. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over $500 million in cancel subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. That's rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. Rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. Are you looking to make better, healthier choices this year? Then let me help you out by introducing you to ButcherBox. ButcherBox not only helps you treat yourself to more delicious and wholesome meals, but it takes the guesswork out of finding high-quality meat with humanely raised beef, pork, chicken, seafood, and more that's delivered straight to your door. ButcherBox partners with folks who share their high standards and truly care about how animals are raised. Plus, they're B Corps certified, which makes me feel even better about my decision to be part of the ButcherBox community. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus get, 20, plus get $20 off your first order. That's right. New users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free offer and get $20 off. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police the arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a... Weird homicide. Yeah, a scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird morning. Cup of murder. When someone is involved in a crime, especially the victim, the media loves to dig into their lives and pull out the most dramatic story possible. On December 23rd, 1956, a young woman was born who was found dead in her home. And with that discovery came the sordid details of her love life. A love life that, depending on who you believe, may have been the reason for her murder. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On January 6th, 2002, a man named Tim Arnold and his father, Robert, drove to the Truro, Massachusetts home of his ex-girlfriend to return a flashlight that he had borrowed. As they winded through the sleepy Cape Cod town and down Crystal Worthington's clamshell driveway, Tim noticed a few newspapers piled up at the end of her drive. Figuring she had just forgotten to pick them up, he got out, grabbed them, and got back into the car and had his father drive up the rest of the way. When they got to the top, they were shocked to see Krista's car parked near the house. You see, Tim had called Krista ahead of time to let her know he was on his way and had received no answer. So he fully intended on dropping off the flashlight to an empty home. Tim then stepped out, assuring his father he would only be a few seconds, and walked up the house steps only to see that the door that led into Krista's kitchen was opened slightly. Confused, he pushed it open and called out her name. 
With the words barely escaping his mouth, he looked down to see 46-year-old Crystal Worthington crumbled on the floor with her two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Ava, beside her trying to nurse. As his eyes came into focus, he noticed she was surrounded by blood. Not sure what to do next, Tim scooped up Ava and took her outside to his father, telling him Krista is D-E-A-D so as not to scare the little girl. He ran back inside to look for a phone to call the police, but after failing to find one, ran through the woods to his father's house next door and called 911. When the police arrived, they determined Krista, whose cell phone was later found on the kitchen counter with just the nine-digit punched, had been beaten and stabbed to death in the chest 36 hours before Tim found her and Ava. On the floor around her was a sippy cup and some Cheerios, with tiny bloody footprints littering the house from an aimless toddler. At the bathroom sink, there were traces of blood indicating Ava attempted to clean her mother's wounds. Unharmed but unaware, her mother was deceased. Near her car, crime scene techs found Krista's keys, glasses, and a sock, along with two parallel drag marks on the ground to the front of the door, meaning that Krista was likely dragged inside by her unknown assailant. The only thing missing from the crime scene itself was the murder weapon. As she was taken to the medical examiner's office in Boston for closer examination, news started to spread through the tight-knit community about the mysterious and gruesome murder. The first murder to happen in Truro in roughly 30 years. Now, before we dive deeper into the mysterious murder of Krista Worthington, let's take a look at the whirlwind life that may or may not give clues as to who would want her dead. Krista Worthington, born December 23, 1956, was an honors graduate from Vassar who went on to become a fashion writer whose resume contained work with Women's Wear Daily, Harper's Bazaar, Cosmopolitan, Elle, and The New York Times. She was also the co-author of several books on fashion and worked in both London and Paris before moving to a cottage in the Cape about five years before her murder in hopes of giving herself a clean slate after her career reached a plateau of unfulfillment. Krista was the only child of a prominent Truro family, had even once dated a Vanderbilt, and wanted to use her good fortune to buy a house and fulfill a dream she had been harboring for most of her life to become a mother. But not all of her memories in Truro were happy ones. Krista had stood by her mother's side as she lost her battle with cancer, and her father, with whom she had developed a strained relationship, had recently sold their childhood home. It was also the place where she herself would lose her life. As the newspaper headlines started to swirl, the world became privy to a little piece of Krista's dirty laundry. Ava, as everyone was about to learn, was the product of an affair with a local fisheries official, Anthony Jacket, a married father of six who lived with his wife in Provincetown. Named after the grandmother who died just four days before giving birth, Krista soon realized that her freelance writing career would not be enough to raise Ava on her own. So she was forced to sell the bungalow that was long owned by her grandparents in order to have enough money to support her new role as a mother. Shortly thereafter, Krista was found dead inside of her home. With a crime that seemed like the stuff of paperback mysteries, police started questioning all of Krista's friends and family about the murder. With no signs of a robbery and a sordid life spelled out for all the world to see, police were certain Krista's killer was someone who she knew very well. 
And with the help of the forensics taken by the medical examiner, they had both semen and saliva samples to compare with any persons of interest. So they started their questioning with the most obvious choice, Tim Arnold, the ex-boyfriend who actually found Krista's body. Tim, who cooperated fully with the investigation, said they dated about a year and a half before her death and even lived with Krista and Ava for about three to four months before their breakup. He claimed he, quote, drove her crazy, but the pair remained very close friends post-breakup. With him cleared, they moved on to the man whom everyone was talking about, Tony Jackin. It seemed like the easiest conclusion. A man has an affair, gets a woman pregnant, wife finds out, and complications end in either heartbreak or murder. However, according to both Tony and his wife, Susan, the trio of adults were all friends who had worked out a well-oiled system for spending time with Ava, even spending the holidays together as one big happy family. However, this was not always the case. According to Tony's lawyers, he had not spoken to Krista for the first 18 months of Ava's life and did not even tell his wife about the affair until the spring before Krista was killed. However, Susan claimed they sorted the whole thing out and saw Ava as one of her own children. In fact, she believed that so wholeheartedly that she told the local press that she would love nothing more than to adopt Ava and raise her alongside her own children now that Krista was gone. Unfortunately for the Jackets, less than two months before her murder, Krista changed her will and granted custody and her $700,000 estate to friends Amira Chase and her husband. The decision did not go over well. Other potential persons of interest was a woman named Elizabeth Porter, who was the former girlfriend of Krista's father, a woman who her father was allegedly squandering what was left of their family money on, was a sex worker, and had been arrested on an unrelated drug charge shortly after the murder. Unfortunately, all these dramatic leads soon went straight towards a dead end leaving the police and the whole cape scratching their heads in confusion. What came next was a three-year search for Krista's killer that would lengthen the list of suspects and see a pretty unorthodox method of police work. Basically, the entire town of Truro, with its year-round population of just 1,800, was a suspect in Krista's murder. With the DNA from their saliva and semen samples, investigators started looking for an unknown man they believed had sex with Krista shortly before she was killed, while the family offered a $25,000 reward for any information. Wanting desperately to solve this case, police took the controversial step of setting up DNA screening in an attempt to retrieve a sample from every single man living in Truro. They stopped men at post offices, restaurants, and even the town dump, and on the first day, obtained the samples of 75 different men in town. One of the men on their very long suspect list was Krista's garbage collector, Christopher McCowan, who, though he agreed to submit a DNA sample, did not do so for two years. Christopher, who spent some time in prison from 1993 to 1998, came to Krista's home once a week to pick up her garbage cans. So like every single man in her life, that made him a person of interest in her case. After finally obtaining his DNA, a lab analyzed the sample and, to their surprise, it was a match for their suspect. Christopher was arrested at a rooming house in Hyannis in April of 2005, at which point he told the police that he had no physical contact with Krista Worthington. This, of course, 
changed when he was met with the DNA evidence. According to Christopher McCowan's statement to police, he and Krista engaged in a consensual sexual encounter on the day that she was murdered and claimed that while he did beat her, it was his friend who stabbed her to death. He said that after a night of heavy drinking, he and a friend named Jeremy Frazier went over to Krista's house and that it was Jeremy who killed her. According to the prosecution, Christopher endured a six-hour interrogation that ended with him saying, it could have been me. With that, he was charged with her murder. During the trial, the prosecution presented the jury not just Christopher's statements, which they claimed changed numerous times, but the DNA evidence that connected him to the crime. The defense, however, argued that Christopher was a poorly educated man of low intelligence and, because of that, was unable to understand what was happening when the police arrested him. He told them after six hours in custody exactly what they wanted to hear, wasn't even sober at the time of his arrest, and that the interview itself was not recorded, only summarized in a 27-page report that could have been altered by anyone working at the police station claiming it was impossible to know exactly what was said that day. According to Christopher, he doesn't even remember talking to the police and was under the influence of Percocet, cocaine, and marijuana. When asked why he implicated Jeremy Frazier, he said, quote, That's what they, the police, said that I did. I didn't do that. Jeremy took the stand for the prosecution and said that on the night of January 4th, 2002, the Friday before Krista's body was found, he, Christopher, and another friend were out at an underage club called the Juice Bar for a rap contest, and they left the bar and headed to a party. At the party, a fight broke out and everyone was kicked out. Jeremy and the friend went back to his father's home while Christopher separated from the group presumably, according to the prosecution, to go to Krista Worthington's home and kill her. Christopher, however, claims he went straight home after the party. It should be noted here that Christopher is a black young man, something the investigators, jurors, and lawyers seem to have a hard time comprehending. No one would believe that a white woman like Krista would have consensual sex with a black man of lower class. Because of this and the DNA, on November 16, 2006, after eight days of deliberation, a juror replacement, and a whole new deliberation, 34-year-old Christopher McCowan was found guilty of first-degree murder, rape, and burglary, and was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. In 2008, a hearing was held due to three jurors' separate allegations of racism. But in 2010, the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court denied the appeal for a new trial. As the verdict was read in court, Christopher started to sob and asked, All through this whole trial, I sat here thinking to myself, why me? He maintains his innocence, but for many, the police got the right man. Opinion in Truro on the Krista Worthington case remains divided to this day. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on December 24th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? 
Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.